Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hey Wiley. G. How are we doing on this glorious Wednesday? You know what? It is glorious because... The sun is shining, as uh, an infamous man once said, the jello is jiggling, the butter is getting hard. Um, the Laker network is no longer, so um, I, I guess I should be a happy camper. I know it sounds sad. I know that Laker Nation is probably going to boo me, but it is what it is, guys. It's over, and I know we're finally going to be done after today talking about it, so I'm, I'm excited to get the show going. Uh, this is the Arash Markazi show, so there will always be Lakers talk, G. Hey, because there will <laughs> there there will be a a coaching change and things like that. But you're 100 percent right, G. As of last night, the Lakers season is officially done. We we've been talking about it week after week, day after day, about you know what are their chances to even make the play-in tournament as the 10 seed, and how crazy was that conversation? Well, it's finally done. So with that said, Jihei, of course, that's probably going to be our lead headline. With that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Well, Arash, you're right. It's over. It's finally over. It is the Arash Markazi show. We probably are going to be talking about the Lakers <laughs> on a continuous basis, but at least for now, it is over. The Lakers, 121 to 110 loss to the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday, coupled with a 116-97 win by the San Antonio Spurs, who are not dialing it in this season over the Denver Nuggets, officially eliminated the Lakers from play-in contention with three games remaining in the regular season. Is this the most disappointing season in Lakers history, Arash? It 100% is. There's no doubt about it. It's not even a debate at this point. I mean, I mentioned this halfway through the season, or not even halfway through the season, when they were 12 and 12, 24 games, uh, you know, just 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 24 games into the season. I said this has the potential to be the most disappointing Lakers season in franchise history because at that point, 24 games into the season, they did not play a tough schedule. They were playing some of the worst teams in the league, and they were 12 and 12 GK. And I said at that time that this doesn't seem to be a championship team. This doesn't even seem to me to be a team that that can even make it to the conference finals. So I said with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo and Dwight, and you go down the list. I mean, if this team can't even get out of the uh, you know second round, what a disappointing season. My goodness, Gia, I never thought in a million years that they would not even make it into the play-in tournament, not even as the number 10 seed. They will finish the season well below 500 as the 11 seed. There's no doubt about it. This is the most disappointing season in Lakers franchise history because you got to look at it. The Lakers began the season with championship hopes, and it's not just their fan base. According to Las Vegas, they were tied with the Brooklyn Nets, and that's another story to win the, the championship. GMs around the league favored the Lakers to win the, the uh, championship. So for a season to begin with championship hopes and come to a close like this with three games left in the season, not even uh, not even with the potential to be a top 10 team in the West, that is the most embarrassing season, the worst season in Lakers franchise history. I mean, 
it's the it's the AARP, as our friend Clipper Daryl would say, of uh, of teams right now, right? So it's not even one of those up for debate kind of uh, kind of teams that we can even talk about. So is it disappointing? Absolutely. Is it something that Laker Nation should be, <laughs> you know, may- maybe not even wanting to talk about? This, this is a season to forget. That's all I yeah. have to say. This is a season to forget. Um, and I'm sure that Laker fans are... I mean, I've already known some Laker fans that are haven't even watched majority of this season, let alone uh, be disappointed. Like, they haven't even attempted to be disappointed. And so, you know, Laker fans, it's over. It's finally over. Or the other team from Los Angeles, as uh, Charles Barkley <laughs> would say. Well, we're going to keep going on that Laker train. There are reports that the Lakers will part ways with Frank Vogel next week. What took you guys so long um, <laughs> when the season finally concludes? Do you think um, the Lakers should have fired Frank Vogel earlier? And how much blame do you put on Vogel for the season? You know, I this is not so much on Frank Vogel as it is the uh, the team. You know, the way that they put together the a team, the pieces just don't fit. And so when I look at this team and you go back to that trade, the Russell Westbrook trade, which which was a trade that you said from the beginning, hey, did not make sense, did not fit. They, they traded championship players in Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and they traded him for Russell Westbrook, a, you know, ball-heavy, centric, you know, controlling point guard who just didn't seem to fit the role of a number three guy for this team. And so I, I, I put some blame on Frank Vogel. Listen, there's a lot of blame to go around. There's blame on Rob Palenka. There's blame on Frank Vogel, LeBron James, on Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. You go down the list. Um, the Lakers really should have, in hindsight, parted ways with Frank Vogel earlier only because he had totally lost uh you know he had lost that this this team they're not listening to what he has to say now i'm not saying a coaching change would have changed the course of their season but they should have really done something at some point and i think that they really didn't because frank vogel had won them a championship a year ago or a year plus ago and so their thought is well listen let's give him some time it's been long overdue. This is not all Frank Vogel's fault, but Frank Vogel does not deserve to come back and be the head coach of the Lakers following, again, what I just said, worst and most disappointing season in Lakers franchise history. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The only problem is, it's like, I wish that you could let go of the GM, a.k.a. LeBron James, but that's just not going to happen. So um, I think that, you know, this was a means to an end. This was eventually going to happen. I'm glad that they are not letting go of him until the end of the season, though, because in all honesty, I don't think that this is his fault. You know, um, this was kind of doomed from the get-go. The second that you got Russell Westbrook and you got rid of all that talent, that won you a championship in the first place, you were doomed from the start. Um, You know, you're letting go of all these talented, wonderful players uh, that are doing so well in the NBA at this current moment in time. It just doesn't make sense. Um, To let go of Frank Vogel is just kind of like, well, now I have to shift the blame on somebody and that's what you're doing. And that's what organizations do. They're going to let go of the head coach. It's just, it is what it is. It's going to happen. Um, do I blame all everything on Frank Vogel? No, but you're right. He did uh, 
he didn't have control of that locker room. He did not have control the second that that trade happened with Russell Westbrook. So, um, yeah, they, they got to everybody needs a scapegoat. And unfortunately, Frank Vogel is that scapegoat. Um, we're going to move on to Mr. LeBron James, the GM, uh, the real okay. GM of the Los Angeles Lakers, who is essentially tied for the scoring title, Arash, with Joel Embiid. Do you think the Lakers should shut down LeBron with the season officially over, or should they focus on helping him win the scoring title in the final game of the season on Sunday against Denver? The Lakers and LeBron James, by the way, will know what he needs to score in that game to win the scoring title. You're going to be surprised by my response here, because even I, when I thought about this, said, well, no, sh- shut him down. The uh, season is over. But, you know, this would be an amazing accomplishment for LeBron James at 37 years old in his 19th season in the league to lead the league in scoring. So by the time that they begin that game, by the time that they uh, tip off Sunday at Denver, LeBron James will know what he needs to score, whether that's 30 five points or 34 points or 40 points um i can't believe i'm saying this but yeah listen this season has been so forgettable do one thing that will be memorable and i do think lebron james at this point in his career to lead the league in scoring would be an amazing accomplishment uh you can uh you know say it's a little bit like michael strahan with that you know sack against brett Favre to win the sack title but i i i disagree i think Listen, if LeBron James goes out there and does what he has to do to win the scoring title, I'm actually all for that. And, I, and I, again, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm saying this because, you know, it, 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 if the scoring title wasn't in play, I would say shut him down, shut Anthony Davis down. This season is done. But I, I really think historically speaking, the accomplishment of winning a scoring title at 37 years old, 19th season in the league, I say go for it. And so um, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I know that they're talking about it right now. But LeBron James actually amazingly does have something to play for in the last game of the season. This is just a testament to how nice you are, Arash. (laughs) Because I say, you know what? You ain't getting a title for us. Go blank yourself. No. (laughs) I think I say you shut him down. I say you let him rest. I say you let him buy for a title. Because that's really, truly what is going to make this season, would have made this season great, is for you to um, have a title. Um, I I get the whole entire hoopla. You ain't Kobe. You are not Kobe. You are not Magic Johnson. You are not somebody, in my personal opinion, that deserves to have this scoring title. Uh, You know, and, and yes, it would be great. It would be amazing if this was, I guess, the, this would be a cherry on top kind of thing. If he was able to do this and win a title, I would say go nuts. Have have him go after it. And I know this is not the nicest thing to possibly say, but I'm not. I apparently I'm just not a nice person. I'm not as nice as you are um, <laughs> when it comes to you know uh, to players just going going for those stats. I'm not a stat patter. I am yeah. one of those like I'm a very huge purist when it comes to somebody winning a title. And I think that you know that that's why he came to LA. You came to LA to win rings. You didn't come to LA to win a scoring title. So, uh, yeah, no, I am all for bench him, let him rest, enjoy that. A- you you had an ankle injury, you know, last game. Continue with your ankle injury, buddy. Like, just let it ride, let it rest. Well, the better team from LA, <laughs> uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, have won two in a row and three of their last four and can actually finish the season 
at or above 500. Thank God there's some kind of justice in the world as the uh, number eight seed. Uh, there are, they already have Paul George back, Arash. They could get Norman Powell back, which is huge uh, this week. Um, and there are reports possibly that Kawhi Leonard could be back for the first round of the playoffs. What chance do you give the Clippers to go on a run? I mean, this is not being talked about enough. If if Kawhi is back for the postseason, and again, if he is so secretive about this, it, it'll be like Paul George where he's not playing. And then like out of the blue, like out of nowhere, we're, we're, we're going to find out that he's going to start the next game. So listen, they got Paul George back. Paul George picked up where he left off. He's playing amazingly well they're gonna get norman powell back amazing addition there if they get Kawhi leonard back and i said this a year ago i said if the clippers were healthy if they were fully healthy if they had Kawhi and paul george and that and that in that squad they would have won the championship at the very least in my view they, they would have won the western conference championship and would have played milwaukee uh, so, uh, listen, we, we, we know how good they are with Paul George, with Norman Powell coming back. I think they can make some noise in the first round. Unfortunately, as the eighth seed, I don't see them beating the Suns. Listen, another thing that's not really being talked about enough, the Suns are an amazing team. I mean, they are not only the best team in the league, it's not even close. Uh, we have not seen a gap like this in quite some time in terms of uh, the number. Well, not, you know, they, they, since the Warriors, right? I mean, they, 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 there is a huge gap between them and the rest of the league. So, but the major thing here is we know how good they did they are with uh, Paul George and with Norman Powell. I think with Kawhi, they can go on a run here. And I, and I, and I would include perhaps beating the Phoenix Suns because if Kawhi comes back and he's, I mean, you want to talk about load management. Gee, again, he's rehabbing, <laughs> but I'm saying he's had, he's, he's had a calendar year off. I mean, if he comes back healthy and ready to go, watch out. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm hoping like, that would be the Clipper dream, right? For Kawhi Leonard to come back in the first round of the playoffs because I think sky would skies would be the limit, um, especially considering when Paul George came back dropping 30 points plus um, for the W and making that comeback um, against Utah. I, I w- would be ecstatic through the moon. It'd be amazing. Um, as far as being able to beat Phoenix, I don't know, man, because like yeah. they have like a true, they have just a great true center and they just... And I think that they're also bent out of shape from last season, not um, not winning last year as well. Yeah. So I think that um, the Clippers still have an uphill battle, even with Kawhi. Um, and also, like you said, Arash, he's had a full calendar year yeah. off. So there, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, here's hoping. I, I like you know. I I will always be optimistic with the Clippers, um, after, especially after last season when Paul George you know completely proved me wrong and disassociated himself from the nickname playoff piece so i like uh, miracles can happen in clipper nation so you know what i will never count the clippers out um as far as them going on a run as far as them you know moving forward and and getting past uh the first round i'm not gonna i'm never gonna say never uh, as as all my housewives say i'm never gonna say never so um However, I will say, yay, so excited for opening day. How excited are you, Arash, for MLB opening day? The Angels start their season at home tomorrow against the Houston Astros. 
You know that team that we all love to hate. Exactly. Um, and the Dodgers start their season Friday at Colorado against the Rockies. Where do you see both teams finishing this season? Listen, I mean, I, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And Dave Roberts is really doubling down on the guarantee that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series this year. I mean, it's, it's the most talented team in baseball, most talented lineup we've seen in quite some time. Um, so I like that the Dodgers, you know, not going out on a limb here to win the division, to win the National League, and go on to win the World Series again. You know, they won in 2020, and there's more talk now than there was before that, well, listen, that was a 60-game season. They played it in the bubble. Da, da, da. Listen, they still won the World Series, but I think there's a lot of talk. We want to see the Dodgers win a 162-game regular season World Series with the World Series taking place at Dodger Stadium. And I get it. I get it. So um, hopefully that happens. So my prediction to the Dodgers is they will get to the World Series. The Angels, as much as I want them to be a playoff team, and I think that they will give Houston a run for their money in the American League West, um, I just don't see it happening. But, I mean, listen, they, they have two of the top five players in baseball. You could really argue the top two players, which is a heck of a thing to say for a team that's, in my view, not a playoff team right now, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So, would love to see them playing meaningful games in October. I just don't see it happening right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that is really you know disappointing about the angels is that they have the best two players and I, I will say it they have the best two players in major league baseball um may, maybe dare i say it of all time like i i shohei otani is just a transcendent player he's just you know we're never gonna see somebody like shohei otani ever again i i don't think um, unless by some odd miracle, maybe he reproduces and like creates the next Shohei Otani <laughs> or something like that. Um, but I don't, I don't see it possibly happening. But um, you know, the Angels have always been very infamous for not really developing around all of their players and their stars, especially specifically around Mike, Mike Trout versus the Dodgers. That's the reason why they're so great is because the organization is so great at developing around and, and getting guys in the offseason and helping everybody out. So Dodgers, of course, we're going to go on a you know World Series run. Of course, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I 100% see it. Angels, obviously not so much, which is really disappointing considering you have such major talent out there in Anaheim. Well, Steve Ballmer tops the Forbes list of the richest owners in sports with a net worth of $91.4 billion, a 33% year-over-year increase. He purchased the Los Angeles Clippers for $2 billion eight years ago, a steal, and Forbes now values the team at $3.3 billion in that time. Microsoft shares have ballooned by more than 600%. That's ridiculous. How have the Clippers changed under Ballmer's ownership? You know, so what you have with Steve Ballmer is a foundation for su sustained success now, and that is the big thing with the uh, Clippers that it's not like they're going to go on some random run and then they're going to go back to being the same old Clippers. The same old Clippers are done. They are not the same old Clippers. Because of Steve Ballmer, they will always pay for the best talent. They, they will pay for the best coaches, uh, players, scouts, you name it. And, uh, and again, part of that is him breaking ground on the Clippers' new two billion dollar arena and so there, there was talk when he bought the clippers maybe he's gonna move them to seattle or whatnot that's not the case there, there there is 
uh, no expense in terms of what Steve Ballmer will pay to make this a championship team. You know the major change? Players are happy. Yeah. Look at how happy the players are because under the old regime, players were miserable. They didn't want to play for this organization. They did not want to be there. Nobody wanted, and it was a losing franchise at the same time. Um, yes, under prior to Steve Ballmer, it it was still a losing franchise. But you know now it's a great, or they they were winning. But like now it's a flourishing franchise. It's a valued franchise, which that was never a, the case. And players are happy, and I think that's the hugest, uh, hugest coup. That that's the hugest thing that Steve Ballmer has done, and the hugest changes Steve Ballmer has done. No doubt, they are a destination franchise now. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Lakers season finally coming to a close. When we come back, right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hey guys, G. Hey from the Arash Markazi Show. Tons of people, by the way, take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I know I can use that. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements don't have been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, guys, take ownership of your health. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future Kings or Galaxy game, call our hotline 310-400-0340. We talked about it in the first segment. The Lakers season is finally finished. There are three games left in the regular season, but amazingly, the Lakers are out of play-in tournament contention that means they will not finish in the top 10 I, I i never thought that they would not finish in the top 10 or at least be the attend seed but that is the uh, situation that the lakers find themselves in their season had came to a close last night in phoenix lebron james in street clothes wearing a lake show t-shirt with some of the laker greats on it it was like uh, you know kobe and magic and Shaq and uh you know kareem and worthy it's it's a disappointing end to what began as a season where so many Lakers fans out there thought that this was a championship team. LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, Dwight, and it comes to an end. Three games left in the season, finishing as the 11th seed in the West. Um, LeBron didn't talk to the media. 
last night, but we did hear from um, Anthony Davis and Carmelo. So now let's hear from those two men now that the Lakers season has finally come to a close. Hey, first, just, just about your foot and your health in general. How did you feel tonight versus the previous couple of games? And, and kind of what's your expectation as you consider a manager for the final three games? Um, a little more sore than normal tonight. Slowed up a little bit tonight in the course of the game. It is what it is. For the final three, I don't know. Not sure yet. Depending on those games, right? You'll finish somewhere around 40 games played. And we've been over this at times throughout the season, the disappointment not being out there uh, for your teammates, AD. But how, how much do you, does that factor in when you just think about this whole season and, and the disappointment out officially being out of the play? Uh, play? Um, just like I said the other night, disappointed that we haven't had a chance to have our full team. You know, whether it's myself out, it'll be out, other guys. Um, it's the most disappointing thing, you know. Not sure how good we could have been, but for myself personally, um, two unfortunate injuries that kept me out for a while. That's a significant part of the season, and you know, as one of the leaders on the team, and especially on the defensive end of the floor, you know, where guys need me the most, wasn't able to be out there. Uh, sucks for me. Sucks for our team, our organization. Uh, got to recap now and, and see what's next. Andy, what was um, what, what what was what did you envision with this group? I mean, health, of course, but like, what did you envision when you guys hit the floor and started training camp with six Hall of Famers, you, LeBron, Russ? I think there's just so much, you know, uh, talent, so much, you know, so such, you know, pedigree. Um, when you kind of imagine what that was like, contrast this now, um, I don't know, how do those two things kind of reconcile? If you can take the injuries out of it, which I know is a huge concern. You can't take the injuries. No. Okay. <laughs> but <clears throat> uh, championship, we first coming first put the team together, first coming to training camp, everyone's healthy. I think maybe TA probably wasn't the only one, was the only one, but um, you know, our, our goal was to win the championship. Like we had the pieces, uh, but injuries you know, got in the way of that, uh, and that was a it's a difference in our season. You know, I, I think we, even though we lost games where all of us was on the floor, me, Brown, Russ, um, I think we we're three great players, but we would have you know figured it out. You know, we if we lost more minutes together. But we wasn't we weren't able to do that. It makes it tough, you know, to be able to uh, compete for a championship you know, when your three best players haven't logged enough minutes together. So it's unfortunate, but like I said, we gotta you know, recap and figure out what the rest of the season looks like and then what the summer or the next year look like. Okay. Hey, the terminology we hear from Rob when we talk about this franchise is that both you and LeBron are stakeholders alongside him when it comes to personnel moves. And the reporting that we've heard is that, that you and LeBron were also involved in the construction of this team. Uh, 
as a team, injuries took the chance for us to see what it would look like. Because so, you had faith in putting it together in the first place, you want to see it play out further. And you know, is there any wisdom in staying kind of with the core that's in place and trying to buy some patience and, and hope for, for help? Um, a lot of our guys decide <coughs> maybe four or five or one year deals. So that's the personal choice for those guys. Um, like I said, when we when we put this team together, we had championship aspirations, and once again, injuries are you know, gotten away of that. But um, I think you would love to see. I think the world would love to see. We would love to see what this team could be if we were healthy for the four eighty two. Um, now that repeats next year, we had the same team. Who knows? Like I said, we got to recap the season, what worked, what didn't work, and and go from there. You know, um, but I truly think that we could have done something special. You know, Brian and myself, you know, mainly me, were healthy for the entire season. Hi, um, idiot. A couple of years ago, you you won a team where. The goal was to, to never lose consecutive games. You guys in the playoffs in that run where you didn't lose consecutive games. This year's team, I know you guys, especially after all-star break, had a lot of trouble getting healthy, but is there some character component, mental component that this team lacked in, in being able to, to win some of these must-win games that you guys described yourselves? Um, that championship team, the guys were healthy. We had our clothing lineups. We had our starting lineups. Um, and we had more this year. We had more starting lineup than we had wins. So, you know, we can't. You know, I, know, I think that's like I'm, I know it's repetitive, but the health thing is most important. Like we, you know, we try not to lose back to back games. That's been kind of like our mantra the entire entire time I've been here, but. Um, we're not healthy, and guys are who are not starters or not used to starting starts, or you know, guys who who used to playing fifteen minutes, play thirty minutes. Like the mindset is different. Um, you know, you, you when you have a full team, sometimes you don't play with certain guys. You know, you don't have that chemistry, and now you're playing with them. You know. 30 minutes, 35 minutes, and you're trying to build that chemistry in game, and especially late in the season where you don't get as much practice time. So, um, you never want to lose back-to-back games. That's kind of been our thing, but that was kind of got in the way of that. Yeah, you got you got traded here three years ago and you win a title that first year. We've kind of talked about it and been a lot of support since then. I'm just curious personally for you, how are you feeling right now? Angry, it's disappointed. Um, you, you know, what, what kind of emotions are you going through knowing kind of the high you were able to experience here in sort of two years now? How do you kind of recapture it? Um, anger, disappointment. Um, knowing what it takes to get to that championship um, level and you know, the last two years, we haven't been able to do that. Last two seasons, probably we haven't been able to do that. 
Um, mainly me being off the floor. Uh, so before I, I never like point the finger at anybody, but I always, you know, look at myself and what how, what I've, what um, can I've done to to help the team, you know. So you know, when this season's all over, you know, I reevaluate myself every season, even after we won, uh, and just see what I can do to help the team um, championship year to repeat, and then the year that you know the last year to get back to that level. But, I mean, I haven't had a time to really process it all, to be honest. Um, disappointment for sure, especially with the team that we had. Um, you know, like I said, we really felt like we could have done something special. Last question, gentlemen. Back. Hey, D, I know there's a lot going into this game, you know, with the importance of trying to win and get it to play in tournament, but uh, especially against the Suns, the storyline last year is if you were playing and you, know, you could have beat the Suns in the first round, but then going into this game, you know, how important was it to get this win against the Suns and prevent them from getting the 63 wins? How much did that motivate you? I didn't even know that they had an opportunity to get 63 wins. You know, we were more focused on ourselves and getting the win to keep our playoff chances and playing tournament chances alive and not <clears throat> trying to stop them from to get 63 wins. Um, the rest of them for doing that, but our focus is trying to just get the win for, to keep our season going, you know, not preventing them from getting 63 wins. This was a season that we, we just didn't get it done. <clears throat> uh, we had, we had the tools, uh, some things was was out of our control. Some things that we could control. Some things we couldn't. Um, and it's, it's it's nothing else more than we didn't get it done. I mean, you can't make no no excuses about it. We just didn't get it done. Yeah. No, basically since that game in New Orleans, you guys have been in you know, back against the wall, super high leverage games. And what is internally? How do you feel like? Psychologically, you guys, as a group, kind of responded to that to that pressure. I mean, obviously the wins aren't there, but what was what was it like to be in that locker room as it was getting more and more tense? Yeah, I mean, we was <clears throat> we was there. I mean, we was you know we we stayed together. Uh, you know, you didn't you didn't see you didn't see much of people just oh God just straying away uh, from each other. Uh, you know. It's, it's weird. Uh, the fact that we was, we knew our backs was against the wall. Uh, and I think a situation like this, seasons like this, is easy for teams to kind of just go their own way and players go their own way when 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 things get thick and backs against the wall. So <clears throat> again, I didn't I didn't see none of that. Uh, we I didn't experience none of that in the locker room, uh, in practice, on the bus, on the plane. None of that. The guys were still, you know, locked in. And, and understanding what was what was at stake. Now the wins didn't amount to, you know, they didn't it didn't it didn't add up to how we was feeling and what we knew. Uh, so then again, we just didn't we didn't get it done, man. It is just not. That's all I can say. We didn't get it done. No, uh, you know, you're talking about the team stay together with the backs against the wall. But obviously, did not perform with your backs against the wall. What was 
the missing piece, in your opinion, if it wasn't? Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't want to get into that. I don't, you know, it's, it's something that you were, I would have to look at the whole season in totality. Uh, you know, reflect, reflect on it, think about it, look at it. Uh, I don't have those answers uh, immediately right now. Maybe in next week or something, I'll, I'll have that for you. But uh, at this very moment, I don't, I don't have those answers. Yeah. And, and how do you envision the last three games playing out for you? And, and how would you let the team play out the, the last three games? Oh, no, we're going to play. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's going to play, but we, we're going out there to play. We're going out there to compete. We're going we're gonna to finish where we started. And, you know, I don't, I, that's the only way I can could, I could look at it and I can approach it. Mel, Mel, you kind of just touched on the same, but like, you, you know, not over the course of an 82 game season, right? Like the kind of the goal is to stay as locked in, in the moment as possible and not think about big picture stuff. But it, it felt like this team was facing big picture questions basically since the first day of training camp and, and a lot of them kind of never got answered. Yeah. Um, was there a weight to that? Do you think over the course of the year that sort of like the questions never really change that the, the, the sort of tone of of stuff in terms of what you guys were trying to figure out was always kind of basically the same for 50, 60 games or something like that? Yeah, well, the, the question was going to come regardless. I mean, you the question is going to come. If you look at our roster, those questions was going to be there. And, and, you know, questions about, you know, what we got to do to get it done. Can we get it done? Will we get it done? The pressure was always there. It's just how you, how you, how you respond to that pressure. You know, the pressure of this team being put together, that, that was pressure, right? So how we was going to respond to that. Uh, and again, I, it comes back to not getting it done. Uh, for whatever reason, we just didn't, we didn't get it done. I don't have one reason over another. Uh, we just didn't get it done. Okay. <clears throat> you know, one of the elements of this team is so many new faces together for the first time. And even 82 games wouldn't necessarily be a ton of time for, for all those elements to try to fit. Is there, have there been conversations amongst guys in that locker room about like, let's, let's try to on this back, let's try to reconfigure and run this back. Um, yeah, I, I know I, it's too soon for that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, if you, you start thinking like that, then you already defeated. And when you still have games going on and, you still got preparation that you you know you have to take care of, and it's it's hard to think like that. It's easy to think like that, but it's also it's, it's hard to think like that when you still have games going on. You still in the you know we, we was in a battle, our backs up against the wall. So to be thinking about next year or next season or you know whatever other than getting it done right now, I think that would be selfish for anybody to to do that. You said that some things were you could control, some things were out of your control. Mm -hmm. Injuries were out of your control. But what were some of the things that you as a team could have controlled to make made a difference? Well, we was out there once playing, so we can we control that. You know, the way that we play, how we play, how hard we play, the energy, the effort, you know, consistency. Uh, those are things that we can control as as players. Now, injuries and things like that, you can't account for. You can't, you know, you, that that part is what it is. But things that we can control is the actual basketball part of, of this. Last question, um, Andy Kamenetsky on Zoom. 
Well, you had mentioned that there's an inherent pressure that just comes with a team being built like this with the type of players that you guys have, those resumes, even given the amount of experience that you guys have collectively and everything you guys have been through in your careers. Like, How much do you guys, I guess, sort of feel that pressure? Or, I mean, is it something that you can, can sense even with everything you've been through in your career? Honestly, me personally, it's... it's um, I don't, I, it's hard for me to feel it, you know, because I, I don't, I try not to indulge in, in the day-to-day uh, hoopla of it. You know, I've, I've been around too long to allow myself to, you know, you know, emotionally uh, to be up and down during the season every single day after every game. Uh, I, deal, I deal with things the way I deal with it on my time in my own space. Um, but other than that, man, it's, 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 it's hard to, uh, I don't think nobody's thinking about that. I don't think nobody was giving up. I don't think nobody was uh, thinking about what could, what could be next season. Uh, some people deal with pressure differently. I mean, we, we can't, we can't run from the fact that the fact that, you know, there, there was a lot of expectations for us this season. So you can't run You can't run away from that. But me personally, as far as the pressure goes, is there. It was there the minute that this team put it together. So it was just a matter of us embracing that pressure. Now everybody individually deals with pressure different, as as I said. But I don't. I, I try to stay away from it. I try to not read it. I don't avoid it. But you know, I don't. I don't read it. I don't listen to it. I uh, do my job. Come to come to work every day. Be professional. Uh, do what I got to do to help this team. So I don't have to feel that 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 pressure. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, that was Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony. That was supposed to be part of a core group that included LeBron James and Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook. And just, you know, I mean, the the amount of future Hall of Famers and superstars on this team, uh, you know, the season began with this these high hopes of winning a championship. And it wasn't just Lakers fans out there. You got to remember, according to Vegas, the Lakers were favored to go up against the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals. They were favored by the GMs around the league in their preseason poll to win the West and, again, go up against the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, by the way, they're, you know, one of the last seeds in the East, but at least they're in the uh, play-in tournament. The Lakers, on the other hand, their season is done. They will have to make some changes in the offseason. It'll probably begin next week with the firing of Frank Vogel. I think Frank Vogel will be... Happy to go somewhere else at this point. Uh, you know, th- th- this this was a disastrous season. The pieces did not fit. I'll never understand why they tore up that 2020 championship team so quickly. But we'll figure out how they can kind of piece this together and maybe put together a team that contend for a title next year. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying... Stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.